to episode 5 of Majorly Useless, a philosophy and literature podcast. I know 5 episodes isn't a lot, but I'm very stoked with that number. Um, I've actually promised myself after 6 episodes, I'll let myself buy a proper microphone. At the moment, I'm recording into my like 6-year-old Apple headphones that plug into my laptop which honestly do the job fine more than anything it's just I have to be very still when I record to minimize rustling so I'm a very I use a lot of movement when I talk so that's been very hard to contain and then record something that sounds natural and not super stiff anyway didn't even introduce myself as always I'm your host Teal Reynolds and this week's episode will be covering the work of philosopher Anton Wilhelm Amo. Um, Amo was born in approximately 1703 in Axim, which is located to the western region of present-day Ghana. Now, Amo is a really significant philosopher, yet his work has been largely forgotten, and his master's dissertation, in which he argued against the legality of slavery, was literally lost forever, which isn't suspicious isn't the right word because I'm so skeptical that that was just accidentally lost um considering you know in an earlier episode we were talking about how crazy it is that meditations by Marcus Aurelius survived centuries um just being passed down and no one even really knows how and that like survived anyway I'm going on a tangent I just yeah I find it really unlikely that it was just accidentally misplaced anyway from my understanding what was so significant about his dissertation for his masters is that it was as far as I know the first argument against slavery that used European laws and logic against them a really cool fact, Amo was the first person of African heritage to ever attend a European university um, and he was the first black professor at a Western European university. When Amo was really young, he was taken by the Dutch West India Company, who were notorious slave traders at the time. He was taken to Germany and he actually ended up being adopted by Duke Anthony Ulrich. By all accounts, it seems like Amo was brought up in the same way that the rest of Auric's family had been. He was taught German language and customs and given the same education that they had all undertaken. And this is how he ended up at a European university. Amo was incredibly intelligent and across the course of his studies, he mastered five more languages, Latin, Greek, English, French and Dutch. Um, unfortunately, though, as you are unlikely to be surprised, Amo was still heavily affronted by racism in his daily life. And when his adoptive family passed away, things only became worse for him. Around 1748-49, Amo returned to Africa, where he remained until he died in approximately 1753. In some really positive news, when he returned to Africa, he found his father and sister still alive and he was actually able to reunite with his family. 
Obviously, this is a very surface level introduction to his background and I'll leave some resources in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about his history. Moving on onto Amo's philosophic works, the main text that we'll be looking at is his 1734 PhD thesis titled On the Apathy of the Human Mind. I used Dwight K. Lewis Jr.'s translation of the work, which he's actually made available as a free resource online, and I'll have it linked in the show notes. He really recommends the purchase of Justin E. H. Smith and Stephen Men's critical edition of Amos, which was still being completed at the time of his translation. Um, it does, however, seem to start from about a hundred Australian dollars. That's the current price on Book Depository. However, if you're a university student, check your library or online databases because you might be able to get free access through your institution. So back to the actual paper. Um, this work falls under the branch of dualist philosophy. Dualism is a philosophy of the mind and centers around the idea that the mind and body are radically different. The most famous of dualist philosophers is René Descartes, so much so that Cartesian dualism is what most people automatically think of when they think of dualist philosophy. And if you're thinking, hey, why do I know that name? Descartes is the I think, therefore I am guy. We'll get into this a little bit more later because Amos' work directly criticizes Descartes and highlights some inconsistencies in his logic. The position Amo takes in on the apathy of the human mind is that of mind and body are of course separate because for it to be dualism they have to be and because that they are separate the mind is not affected by that which affects the body. For example, if the body feels pain, that pain is only felt by the body and the mind or spirit is untouched. The body is what perceives and feels things through the senses and then communicates this with the mind. The mind does not perceive or feel things and is informed by the body. Where Descartes argues that the mind is not only cognizant of the body's pain, but actually shares the pain and feels it too. The apathy of the human mind opens with a brief outline of the work. We have the subject, which is one, what is the general nature of spirit, and two, what is the human mind in particular. We have the predicate, or what the subject does, which is one, what is the opposite of the predicate, namely A, what is sensation, and B, what is the faculty of sensing, two, what is the predicate or apathy, and three, what finally is the proposition itself, i.e. the apathy of the human mind itself. This leads into Amo's three core theses, two negative theses and one affirmative thesis. The first negative thesis is the human mind does not sense material object. The second is the faculty of sense does not belong to the mind. And the third and affirmative thesis is, but rather it pertains to our organic and living body. 
Amo's work is laid out really clearly and easy to read. The first chapter deals solely with definitions of his central concepts and the proof to support the way in which he's defined these things. This is stuff like what is spirit and what is the human mind. In particular, chapter 1, division 1, looks at what is the spirit in its general nature. He gives us five qualifying points to define spirit. He writes, Spirit is to us whatever substance is purely active, immaterial, always gains understanding through itself, i.e. directly, and acts from self-motion and with intention, in regard of an end and goal of which it is conscious to itself. He goes on to explain these in further detail, but I'm conscious of time, so if you do want to read those, the link to read the work will be in the show notes. On Amo's description of the human mind as regards its species, he writes, The human mind is a substance which is purely active and immaterial. By its intercourse with the organic living body in which it exists, it thinks and acts from intention towards a determined end of which it is conscious to itself. Essentially, the core takeaway from chapter one is he's giving us his definition of spirit and identifying that the human mind matches this definition therefore also being spirit and he also starts to set up the argument that while spirit and mind is separate from the body they are still interlinked and the body informs the mind in chapter one division two he deals with the explanation of sensation and the faculty of sensation he defines sensation as the result of the sensory organs obstructing the sensible properties of material objects immediately present, and the faculty of sensation as a disposition of our organic and living body, as by whose meditation all animal being is affected by material and sensible objects which are immediately present. Essentially here, Amo is setting up the argument that sensation is a physical experience, which is able to be felt by the body, but that the mind is not able to experience sensation as it is not physical. In division three, it covers apathy in terms of sensing the faculty of sensing and what the apathy of the human mind is. In very simple terms, apathy of sensation and the faculty of sensation is simply put the absence of sensation and then apathy of the human mind is the absence of the faculty of sense and of immediate sensation in the human mind. This is then the groundwork which leads us into chapter 2. Chapter 2 opens with the state of the argument in which Amo directly addresses and challenges Descartes' rationale, writing, These statements are here asserted and are defended against Descartes and his expressed opinions in his correspondence Part 1, where the passage reads, For since there are two factors in the human soul on which depends the whole cognition which we can have concerning its nature, one is the part that thinks, and the other that which unite to the body moves in and feels with it. To this statement we give the following warning and dissent. That the mind acts with the body with which it is in mutual union, we conceit. But... That it suffers with the body, we deny. 
So Amo agrees with Descartes that the mind and body are heavily linked, but where he disagrees is that he argues the mind cannot experience the same sensations and sufferings as the body. Amo goes on to cite contradictions in Descartes' writing and argues that a true dualist approach would, as it's founded on the tenet that the body and mind are separate, not be able to say that the mind is able to feel the pains of the body. Then Amo returns to his three theses. The human mind is not affected by sensible things, and there is no faculty of sensation in the mind, hence sensation and the faculty of sense belongs to the body. He provides his proofs for each of these arguments and cites an array of different sources for this. Some are lines of logic, some are the the works of others, and some are even biblical references. It's really interesting, and as I've mentioned before, the paper will be linked in the show notes if you want to go through them all. He then concludes his dissertation with this final note. Whatever consists in the pure operation of the mind belongs to the mind alone. And whatever is subject to sensation and the faculty of sensation and involves the concept of matter is entirely to be attributed to the body. That is all. Speaking of that is all, that is about all we have time for for this episode. For more Majorly Useless content, you can find the show on Instagram at Majorly Useless. My absolute favorite thing in the world at the moment is when one of you guys tag the show in your Instagram stories when you're listening to it. Absolutely no obligation to do that, of course, but a huge thank you to those of you that have. It's honestly the reason that most of the show's listeners today have actually found out about it. If you do like the show and want to show your support in other ways, there's a couple of ways in which you can do so. Simply just recommending the show to someone that you think might like it or subscribing to it on your podcast platform of choice. These things may seem small, but they really do help the show get out there. Finally, if you're an Apple podcast listener and have a moment to leave a rating and review, this is such a massive help and allows the show to be recommended to more people. Thank you for listening to another episode of Majorly Useless. I'll be back in your ears in a fortnight's time.